Welcome to Talos Takes, the security podcast for everyone from the C-suite to the front lines. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talos Takes. I am joined once again by Ashir from the Talos Outreach team. Thanks again, as always, for your time, Ashir. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. So today we're going to be talking about commodity rats, and I wanted to have you on because uh, this is something that you've been writing about for a while now. Recently, we published a blog. Uh, by the time this goes out, it'll probably be two or three weeks old. Uh, but recently, we had a blog post go out regarding a group of rats that are being uh, spread being via uh, public internet infrastructure like AWS and Azure. And then also, like I remember a post that you worked on back in like August, I want to say, it was about a group of rats uh, that were kind of like, they were targeting uh, users in Mexico, if I remember correctly. Uh, so you've been writing a lot about commodity rats, and I figured this was good to have one of our 101 episodes to go over what commodity rats are exactly. I, I'm just going to start by asking you that, that question right up front. You know, if you were to explain it to somebody who has never really heard of this before, uh, what is a commodity rat exactly, and how does it differ from a run-of-the-mill remote access Trojan that we might be seeing otherwise? A remote access Trojan is basically a malware that contains a variety of capabilities. You know, it has the cap- uh, capabilities to completely control the system that it infects. Uh, typical capabilities of a remote access Trojan include the ability to, say, infiltrate and exfiltrate files, run arbitrary commands, uh, control input devices such as the mouse or intercept keystrokes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So uh, th- th- there's basically a lot of capabilities packed into a single piece of malware that makes it a very uh, versatile piece of malware. And that's basically what a rat is. Now, in recent years, uh, the evolution of the malware landscape has led to the commoditization of different threats, you know, from ransomware as a service to the usage of open source uh, offensive frameworks by a variety of different adversaries. Commoditization of the threat landscape has led to the commoditization of rats as well. And therefore, these days, we see generally available rats that now consist of a multitude of capabilities that are usually a work in progress with new updates and new features being introduced by their authors uh, on a regular basis, you know, just like any other software development paradigm. And all of these rats are available for either purchasing for a minimal fee or they're available completely free. The source code is available online on the internet. Now, as a result of the ease of access of source code, we see that these rats, which are now known as commodity rats because they are readily available, they become a commodity they've become extremely prolific in the threat landscape. And some examples of these rats are uh, async rat, NJ rat, DC rat, et cetera, et cetera. The terminology we use around this can get kind of confusing because sometimes we might say remote access Trojan, and then we have like the little image of the Trojan horse that comes up, or we might just say remote access tool, or then when we abbreviate it to rat, it's like we use our cute little rat malware mascots. So is there any difference between any of these, or is it basically just different names for the, the same thing? And then at the core of a rat or a remote access Trojan or tool, however you want to say it, what's the, you know, what are they always looking to do? By the way, I love our little rat mascots, the little pictures that we send out with our blogs. That oh, yeah, yeah we, we can never get enough of those. Yep. So uh, a Trojan is simply a piece of malware that pretends to be benign or legitimate. You know, it masquerades as an, a legitimate application and infects your system. 
but trojans can be of different kinds they can be different categories you know you can have backdoors that open unauthorized channels into an infected system you can have downloaders that download and deploy additional malware you can have rootkits that take over the operating system's kernel and perform malicious actions there you can have financial trojans such as banking trojans or credit card stealers that steal uh, banking credentials or credit card uh, numbers from your banking applications that are installed on your endpoint or even your web browser when you try to log into your account on the uh, on the bank's website now one such subset of trojans are remote access trojans and they are the ones that are abbreviated as uh, rats rats uh, these trojans are like a swiss knife they allow the attacker to carry out a variety of malicious actions and all of these actions and capabilities are packed into a single piece of malware so I want to go back to your answer about commodity rats, where you mentioned, you know, specifically that a lot of times it's either a free open source malware that folks are using, or they're going to be paying for access to use the tool. So I specifically want to focus on the the part about uh, actors who are paying for, you know, to obtain the code for these tools. What is the appeal in that case? Is it basically just so that they don't have to put in the hard work themselves and actually write the malware? And then is there any like downside to folks who might be taking that approach? Like, for example, uh, is it does it make it easier for us to track the attacker or, you know, is the is the potential downside like, oh, well, once somebody figures out how to block X rat, then it's of no use to you and you wasted your money. As I said, rats can contain a variety of capabilities and features, right? But building these capabilities requires some amount of technical effort and expertise. A commodity rat is basically a pre-constructed rat implementation. You know, it's packaged in a pretty package and you can, you know, you can get access to it. This means that a malicious operator doesn't have to put in the effort to create all these malicious capabilities. You know, uh, a lot many times an attacker all has uh, all an attacker has to do is configure it the, the way they want it and then they can start distributing the rat, right? Now, since commodity rats are pre-constructed, a lot of AV products, antivirus products already detect them. And that's one downside of commodity malware uh, in general, you know, not, not just rats, but in commodity malware in general. Sure. Uh, you know, a commodity rat doesn't require a huge amount of development effort, as I said, but it's easily detectable. Now, to offset this risk of detection, many attackers try to bypass detection mechanisms using a plethora of techniques such as, you know, obfuscation and AV disabling, et cetera, et cetera. And they'd rather put in the effort, uh, the, their technical efforts and expertise into perfecting their infection chains rather than building a rat from scratch and, you know, have to, having to deal with coding and uh, uh, testing and all of that. You know, they, they would much rather work on the proliferation of their malicious uh, uh, intentions and malicious uh, infection chains. So what else is there about these that you want to cover? And are there any specific trends around this threat that you want to point out, like anything that's been catching your eye recently? Commodity rats are extremely popular these days, you know, with the commoditization of the threat landscape, you know, a lot of a lot many small time crooks can also get access to commodity rats. Uh, but uh, it's uh, commodity rats are, as I said, they're very popular. And uh, whether it's a small time crook or a nation state threat actor, they all like using commodity rats. Uh, a lot of crimeware actors use commodity rats since, you know, either either they don't have the expertise to build one or, as I said, they, they would much rather spend more time and effort into distribution mechanisms and perfecting their inf infection chains rather than writing a rat from scratch. Now, uh, nation state Threat actors uh, like to use commodity rats and other commodity malware, you know, or even open source 
uh, offensive frameworks to throw off attribution. A commodity rat that has been observed uh, already in the wild for four or five years may be picked up by a nation state uh, APT group. It may be modified just enough to bypass traditional signatures, and then it can be deployed against their targets. So attribution methods like code similarity then tend to fail, you know, because this is this, this piece of malware has not been customized. It hasn't been written from scratch. It's already there and it's already around in the threat landscape. So that throws off attribution and it, it makes our job as researchers much more difficult to attribute commodity malware to certain specific APT actors. Now, that being said, adversaries do invest time and effort into making their own customized and bespoke rats. Lately, commodity rats have become immensely popular to criminals and APTs alike. All right, awesome. Well, thank you very much as always for your insight, Ashir. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure we'll be having you out in the future. And then hopefully the next time, uh, by the time we talk, we can get like, I, I know that we're working on those malware mascots swag. So hopefully we can get some some cool rat hats or something like that. Yep, I want more stickers. Thanks for having me, John. <laughs> All right, thanks, Cheer. Sure.